Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Welcome in for another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast on the Motor Racing Network, presented by Flow Racing. As always, Chris Wilner here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a big, big week of racing here, Coke 600 weekend. Joining me again from Connecticut is my co-host, Kyle Rickey. Kyle, welcome to the show. Boy, we got a good one here today. Not only are we talking about maybe some debatable topics, we've got a big-time win winner from the NASCAR Pinty Series, Kevin LaCroix, joining us. Uh, talking about that controversial move that he pulled off there for the win up at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park and tons of stuff coming up on the calendar here as we celebrate racing on Memorial Day weekend uh, coming up this weekend. Kyle, how are things on your side of things? I know uh, you guys were out on Monday uh, watching some Wild Thing carts. How did everything go up there? Live here on Flow Racing. Uh, great car count, good night of racing, cooler conditions. Uh, the weather, and we've talked about it a few times, it's just been weird this year. Uh, 95 degrees on Sunday, and then we barely hit the 70s on Monday uh, with no humidity, but great racing. Um, Going to be, you know, uh, a great summer of Monday Night Wild Thing cards. A lot of uh, families involved, a lot of young, you know, uh, young kids getting involved. Uh, our five to seven year old class is as big as it's ever been. So um, that bodes well for the future, as they say, uh, both for, for, you know, the, the, senior outlaws and the junior outlaws on Monday night and then ultimately our Friday night program. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, it's all on flow racing, which is spectacular. I only wish when I was a kid running carts, you know, for the first time that I would have had that kind of exposure places, you know, that my family that didn't live, you know, in the state of Indiana where I grew up could watch. So pretty cool stuff. Awesome stuff that you guys are doing up there at Stafford. We'll just get right into the show and we're going to start it off with our top seven winners of the week. And obviously, we can't cover everything or else the show will be about eight hours long with the amount of racing that you can get on the NASCAR route side of things. But let's start off, though, with the, the ground pounders, as we, as we call them, the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour. I think my top seven and the number one winner has got to be Doug Kobe going two for two as the substitute role for Jimmy Blewett, who was taking care of his daughter. Uh, I know she's out of the hospital, but but still kind of keeping an eye off of her. So... Tommy Baldwin has Doug Kobe hot shoe in his seat in that seven New York, and he did it again uh, and, and in pretty dominant fashion too as well as he kind of had to manage his tires and ultimately got the best of the rest of the field. He did, and everybody thought it was going to be Matt Hirschman uh, because Matt was in the field and that he was going to manage his tires, uh, something that he is well known for uh, over the last uh, half decade or so when it comes to these bigger races. Uh, and then Doug climbed out of the car and Nick Relane. And the first thing he said is, you know what? I can manage my tires too. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. It was a great win. Uh, two in a row now for, for him and, and Tommy Baldwin Jr. And uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see Doug jump back in the tour full time. Obviously, he's, he'd have to piece rides together. I believe Jimmy probably coming back this weekend to Jennerstown. So, uh, but yeah, he has all the momentum on his side right now. Justin Bonsignor continues to struggle. 
Uh, great race, though, for the Modifieds. Number two winner has to be the drama we saw on Flow Racing from the NASCAR Pinty Series. Kevin LaCroix getting his win, the first one of the year. On the road course, last lap, last corner, the, I'm just going to say, dump and run on Gary Clutt. We'll let you folks at home maybe go rewatch the replay on Flow Racing, but definitely a finish that will be talked about in that series for a while, but he picked up the win and uh, leaves CTMP with the points championship after two rounds. And Gary Clut had to lead at the white flag, but Kevin reeled him in after dominating the event early on. He had a 20-second lead at one point, a 12-second lead, I think, at one point when the caution came out to uh, to line the cars up for the first of two overtime attempts um, for for the NASCAR Pinty Series. But, uh, yeah, Kevin made his move. Uh, it was an aggressive move, needless to say, but uh, it was enough to get the job done, put him in victory lane, off to a good start with two top five finishes in the first two races now for Kevin LaCroix. And we'll get to talk to Kevin here in just a little bit on the show about that move and maybe what he saw from his vantage point and maybe possibly some repercussions from uh, Gary Klute coming up maybe later this year. Uh, number three big winner, Carson Quapple. Uh, again, points leader in the Cars Tour late model stock division. They had to burn the midnight, make that... 3 a.m. oil out there at Franklin County. All sorts of issues when it came to weather, when it came to track, absolutely just falling apart. Uh, but he got the big win for Junior Motorsports again and continues to build his points lead. One of the, and you know he's being highly touted when the legend Josh Berry is tweeting about, told you so, Carson Quapple's the real deal. Turned 19 at the stroke of midnight and I think won the race, what, two, two and a half two, hours later-ish. Like Happy birthday. Roughly at, at that point, it didn't matter. Uh, just get it done before. I think they wanted to get it done before church. Yes. I think is what they were hoping to do. But uh, a great a great run, a great win, uh, obviously. And we'll talk more about it in a little bit. But uh, he was in the right place at the right time for one of those late race incidents where uh, he was able to avoid it and take the checkered flag. Ryan Moore got the pro late model win out there at Franklin. So he's got to be my number four because you can't have one winner from cars and not the other. And he put on a good show too, as well. Last lap battle with Luke Fenhouse. Yeah, exactly. Probably the finish of the year for the car store at this point. So not too bad. The races were good. Just unfortunately the scenario uh, out at Franklin, but we'll get into that too. Uh, in a little bit. How about Lane Riggs, though? My winner number five from South Boston swept the features out there. Seventh win of the year, and I think he's pulling away now from Peyton Sellers in the National Advanced Auto Parts NASCAR Weekly, Weekly Championship standings. Can anybody stop this guy at South Boston? No, and I think what's on South Boston's side right now is, one, the competition is good, and two, the fields are big. 18 cars uh, started both of the feature events last week, so he was able to double down on both track points and national points, pick up two wins. That goes a long way in a run for the national championship. And I think that's why we see so many national champions uh, for the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Series come out of South Boston Speedway. And we haven't forgot about you folks on the West Coast. The SRL Southwest Tour was in action at Irwindale. And how about Jacob Gomes? Third race win in a row is first out at Irwindale. Continuing to show why he's one of the best on the West Coast. Kyle, we talk about it. Now we just needed to get him come back a little bit more on the East Coast side, see what he could do against some of these ringers up in the Northeast. Wasn't easy for him uh, at Irwindale. Jeremy Doss, another West Coast legend uh, right there 
uh, hot on his hip there in the closing laps, but uh, another great race, and he was able to pick up uh, the wind, as you mentioned, uh, three in a row for Jacob Gomes. And my seventh and final winner for the weekend has got to be a special feel-good story for Bobby Timmons, who won the 350 Super Late Model race out at Hudson, an emotional Victory Lane interview that many of you watched honoring his friend Jeremy DeClorcy, who passed away back in December, Kyle. And anytime you lose a friend and you go out and you win and dedicate – to some, a win to someone like that. That's got to be super special and really, really a good heartfelt moment uh, in victory lane. An emotional interview. Uh, he cried. He swore. Uh, <laughs> he did everything. <laughs> all, in, all in about a minute. Yeah. Uh, every type of emotion you can possibly uh, possibly find, but uh, good for Bobby Timmons, who has been strong in super modified at his family for, for decades up here in the Northeast. And Bobby able to take the checkered flag at Hudson, uh, Jeremy, a good friend. In fact, Jeremy made his uh, debut in the Super Modified uh, a year ago this weekend, I believe. And unfortunately, we lost him back in December. And the entire Super Modified community uh, continues to remember Jeremy, as did Bobby uh, in Victory Lane the other day. Bobby did it the best way he could, and that was picking up the checkered flag. So that was our uh NASCAR Coast to Coast top seven of, of last week. And so we'll go on to our second segment here, Kyle, before we visit with Kevin Lacroix and the NASCAR Pinty Series winner. Go or no go. Thought up of a couple debatable topics we can get after it. So put on those boxing gloves. We'll see what we could do. The first topic is going to be in fitting last weekend's NASCAR Cup Series All-Star Race. We traditionally have this event once a year, non-points paying, going for a million dollars. Could we see something like this for the late models or the modifieds? A one-race, non-points, non-sanctioned, but big-purse event that maybe we could twist up the format a little bit and have some fun with it. You think we could pull that off? I don't know. Um, <laughs> that, didn't I, sa- I, that didn't sound promising. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, you know, we're obviously talking about this because of the Cup Series. And, yeah. And you could argue every weekend is an all-star race because the same 20 drivers or 24 drivers that race Saturday night are going to race this weekend in the Coke 600. So every weekend's an all-star event. They just, you know, wrecked more. Um, I don't, for super late models and late models, you'd have to get all the big guns from the region to make it work. Um, you I don't know. I don't think so. If, if we're going to go, go, if it's go or no go, I'm going to go, no go, no go. I'm going to no say go. go, but with stipulations, obviously Man, look, that's what I don't like. I hate stipulations. I know. I know they're not fun, but I'm, I'm giving it a chance because I feel like if you come up with the right format and maybe you have a bracket style event or something like that, where you have each region represented where each region sends five drivers, five teams, and you're on a team with your region, and you race, and you, and I don't know, again, I'm spitballing ideas, but there is a way to do it, but again, it's tough, because on the NASCAR side of things, like you mentioned, you have the same teams that race every weekend, so you have 20 guys that are locked in, the other 16 have to race, you know, for three spots to get into the race. On the, you know, late model and super late model side of things, you've got hundreds and hundreds of racers, and at least two dozen or more top talents that could certainly be all-stars. And so you got to really figure out, well, how are we going to include and give everybody a shot? So again, I'll say go because I'm an optimistic person. I'm going to say with stipulations if we come up with a good format. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, How about this? Running the show past midnight and I'm looking at you, Cars Tour. I think everything that could have went wrong went wrong. The track was falling apart. 
you had drivers that, first of all, Franklin County has a curfew. They went ahead and waived it and said, as long as we run the race before church. I don't know if I like this idea. You got a lot of kids racing, got a lot of older people racing. You got a lot of fans that want to see a show but don't didn't bring a sleeping bag. So how do you feel about series or tracks deciding, let's just run the show, I don't care how late it is? Wendy, uh, and again, it's a unique situation. Uh, everything that could go against them, I feel like went against them. Yes. Um, you're there. Do it. Uh, I know I wouldn't want to, you know, do it every week, but get it done if you can. I know they use what hydraulic concrete, I think is. Oh, it was unreal watching how they were trying to do that. I mean, it's nuts. It reminded me of the NASCAR Cup Series race. I, th- I want to say Michigan. Remember where one of the official or track workers drilled with a massive drill into the track and all of a sudden water just spewed up? It was a repair yeah. kind of like that. It was nuts. Uh, similar situation at um, at the track in, in Florida, Volusia County. It was asphalt back in the day, the, the NASCAR Bush Series race there. Track came up because, you know, they ran in July and it was 130 degrees outside. And they got somebody out of the grandstands that was a paver to go in the racetrack and help patch the track back together. Fortunately, it didn't take until 3 a.m. I say go for it if you're there. Let's not make a habit of this. Um, 7 a.m. is probably pushing it. But we saw it at the Snowball Derby a few years ago. You know, they ran the Snowflake 100 until sunrise. Um, You know, everyone's there. The crowd's there. The drivers are there there's no sense in in making everybody stay an extra day if you can get it done get it done but that's where i stand i wouldn't want to do it every week as a former racer i say no go uh and and racers are a little bit different because you've prepared for this race you've got a team your haulers there your stuff i mean you're you know you're willing to stay there my big no goes for the fans because as a driver there's nothing worse to seeing fans leave be forced to leave because they have other things going on and they need to get home and the broadcast too. I mean, I've stayed up countless of times past midnight, 1 a.m. to watch a feature somewhere. Sometimes you need to just say, you know what? We're going to run the race tomorrow. Now, if this race was on a Sunday, I get it. Monday's a work day for many people, need to get back home, yada, yada, yada. But on a Saturday night race, when you have that kind of issue, and also they weren't sure if the repairs were going to hold either. So there was a lot of people, you know, crossing their fingers it was even going to work. So if you are still unsure about your racetrack keeping together, maybe you give it overnight, you work on in the morning during, you know, after church, and then have the fans come back in. So I say no good. But the fans lose either way. I mean, they can either stay until 3 a.m. Yeah. Or you're asking them to come back for another evening of racing or at late afternoon whenever you would run it on Sunday. So I just – I just just want to get it done. All right. Kyle the Night Owl. You've heard it here first here on Coast to Coast. All right. Uh, Third third of four topics that we can debate here on go or no go. So go or no go. Younger generations of racers, and this has been a hot topic, obviously, for many years, but especially probably the last two. More aggressive. Do you like it or not? Because Mike Looney was absolutely dumped this past weekend in the Cars Tour race at Franklin County, and he said, you know what, I'm tired of these kids coming in here, pushing us around. I have no problem next time beating a kid's, you know what, we'll keep this PG, uh, next time. I'm done, I'm done. So where are we at, go or no go? You like this younger generation being aggressive, or do we think we need a little bit more of schooling here? 
And this and this goes across roots racing and the stuff that we cover all the way through the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, Xfinity, and into the Cup Series. Yes. Okay. Kyle <laughs> no, likes it. I like it. I like it because, you know, it gives us some great highlights and some great things to talk about on Monday, like this situation here. I don't like it because because these these cars are expensive now these parts are hard to come by and what happened on saturday night collected a few others yep behind them that weren't really a part of what was happening for the lead there at that time so um yeah i think there was a day a, a time and a place for it um you know when the industry was different right now it's it, you know we debate this at stafford uh, here on on friday nights it's like what's acceptable what's not and you know we're tearing stuff up every week it you know ultimately you know hurts everybody you know we're not going to have any cars left by july and then the fans aren't going to come and everyone you know but um but as far as you know the highlights on monday it's great i love it as a, a promoter as long as we're not tearing stuff up i'm okay with it but um, but it's yeah, hard I, now because all these instances tear stuff up it's hard to be maybe. aggressive and put on a show which i get i i'm just like any other race fan when i'm not at a racetrack or, or affiliated with the team or, or racing myself. I love that stuff. But at the end of the day, you made a good point. A lot of these young drivers coming in maybe never ran their own equipment. They don't need and to worry about it. it. And they don't fix it themselves. Correct. Like I ran for my family. So I was super conscious on what was happening in my race car because I knew as soon as I did something stupid and tore something up, I knew I was going to have to pay for it. Uh, I, I wasn't somebody that just said, ah, oh, well, we'll see you next week and went home right. and made the team fix it. So go or no go, I, I'm, I'm going to say no go because I think we've passed, oops, we've passed that line of aggression versus the bump and runs and things like that to flat out wrecking people for wins. And that to me is not okay. We will agree. No go. We agreed. Will, uh... Ladies and gentlemen, all right. Our third of four topics we agreed. Uh, and speaking of that, this one's not necessarily agree or disagree, but this is a poll question uh, because it is Memorial Day weekend, and we are talking not only all, everything that's going on here in Charlotte with Coke 600 weekend and how magical and special that is, grassroots racing all across the country, but the Indianapolis 500, an event near and dear to my heart, being a fellow Hoosier growing up just north of the Speedway. I was always curious, and, and, and pick your brain here, Kyle, first. Indianapolis 500, traditionally we see drivers coming in from the open-wheel ranks that start in karting, things like that. Who, What short track ace do we have modern day, currently racing, whether it's a modified, super late model, pro late model, you name it, that would do well at the Indianapolis 500 if you gave him a shot? Bobby Santos III. I had a feeling you were going to go that direction, absolutely. I mean, modified champion, and then he goes to the USAC world and wins about everything on pavement. Um, and that for years and years and years was that next step to the brickyard. You know, you, you run the USAC midgets, you run the sprints, you run the big cars or the silver crown cars. And that's how you made your way to the Indianapolis motor speedway. And, um, you know, he's on that path, but I don't think we'll ever get the opportunity. You never know, but, um, you know, he's, you know, of all the short trackers out there, he's the one I would, I would at least uh, give a shot. Yeah, absolutely, and, and we talk about that too because Bobby Santos runs a lot with Cody Swanson. Now, Swanson doesn't do a yep. whole lot of pavement stu uh, stock car stuff anymore. He did for a little bit, str strictly pretty much an open-wheel guy, but again, another driver who, like Bobby's starting to get up there in age but has literally won everything and has so many records, so many, but never got an opportunity. 
and each and every year it's a topic. Why doesn't anybody give him an opportunity? I did get to run. I think it was a, a kind of like what was a star Mazda. Uh, it's newly named mm-hmm. different last year or two out at IRP. So has gotten some opportunities, but still nothing from IndyCar. So uh, I would say Cody Swanson if we're going to do that. But if we're going to go strictly to, to what we cover in short track racing, I'm going to go out on a limb and say big money Matt Hirschman. Because IndyCar like and the Indy 500 is a big money race. Maybe not so much tire management, although it, it is playing a, 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 a factor in there. It is a strategy race, and I think Matt Hirschman has figured out strategy no matter what track he goes to. So give me Matt Hirschman. Let me see if he can live up to the name Big Money and take home the probably the biggest check anybody could get in racing, and that's the Indy 500 check. So we got two modified guys yeah. going to the brickyard. I like it. Love it. Let's make it happen. All right, well, that does it for that segment. If you like what we're doing here, tweet at us, Kyle Ricky, Chris Wilner 26 uh, MRN, or MRN and NASCAR Coast to Coast. Let us know if there's a debatable topic that we could talk about next week because I'd be curious, especially after we see what happens this weekend in racing. I'm sure there's going to be loads to talk about on next week's episode. So let us know what you'd like to debate here on the show. But with that, it's time to welcome in our guest who picked up the big checkered flag and obviously we mentioned it. Is going to talk about that big move, the old bump and run at the end of CTMP for the NASCAR Pinty Series. That is Kevin Lacroix. He's on the phone. Coming up next here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinty's, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. As promised, we have your big winner from the NASCAR Pinty Series, round number two at CTMP. It is Kevin LaCroix, driver of the number 74 LaCroix tuning machine. Kevin, congratulations. We just talked off the air how big this is to get back to the top step of the podium here early on in the season, but you did it in dramatic fashion. Walk us through that final lap battle there uh, with Gary and, and what ultimately led to the move that you made there in that final corner. Well, let's, uh, first of all, it's not something that you, we like to do, you know, uh, finding new enemies on track like this, uh, for sure. You know, I, I've been there before, uh, for sure. Gary is going to be upset, uh, and looking forward to another revenge or something. But, uh, uh, from my point of view, it was a dominant uh, race. Uh, we led, uh, you know, once by 20 seconds lead. And then I got spun out by, uh, Gary's father, <laughs> the, uh in corner one i bent my front wheels the toe and then uh, on the rain found myself uh, able to to build another 12 second lead and then uh, there's a, another driver you know calls the calls the yellow after the race uh, i mean uh, four laps before the end and i heard uh, that he said he, he did it on purpose so it's uh, i felt like uh, a bit frustrated at that point uh, honestly because i worked so hard all day and, uh, you know, and the track was drying up, uh, my, uh, you know, on, uh, on the wet, we're having, uh, you know, damaged front wheels. It's not so bad because anyways, on the wet, it's never, you know, always slippery, but when the track is dry, uh, you need the full capacity of your car. And uh, I thought I was, uh, having to fight with a weaker car. I was not really happy about it. And then, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, Gary was, uh, you know, because of that, Gary was way faster than me. He got around. On the restart, and uh, you know, I was kind of disappointed accepting my second place or maybe falling back further back. But uh, uh, but then I was surprised. The, the, you know, we went through the the, the check uh, the white uh, flag, 
and he started to slow down you know be all over the place and maybe uh maybe he was being nervous or something so he crumbled under pressure and uh in the last few corners he really he really was uh, everywhere on the track you know middle uh, inside outside so I really try to find my way around and uh from my point of view it's uh if you cannot make your last lap your best lap you know you don't belong there so I think I deserved the win and uh, I did everything I could do to get it. While you were battling with Gary uh, for the win, how concerned were you about Alex closing in from behind in third, trying to make it a three-way run for the win? Uh, initially, I was really concerned, uh, honestly. When I look at the videos afterwards, it's he was kind of a little bit further back. Uh, but, you know, in, in our cars, uh, we don't see behind us really well. You know, the, the mirrors are kind of like a loop something. And you don't you see why you don't see really well, though. So uh, I was concerned. You know, he's, uh, Gary slowed down so much that I was really concerned about, you know, getting pumped by behind by Alex or, you know, you know losing one more spot. So that's why I was uh, on a urge to, to move forward and uh, take the lead because uh, otherwise I felt like I would have been spun out to something by behind. What was said after the race? Did Gary come over and talk to you? Did you did he text or anything after the race? I mean, w- were there discussions between the two of you? Because like you said, now you wonder, is there retaliation coming, you know, from him? Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. We'll see, honestly, but we, we didn't talk after the race because, you know, with uh, all the media after the race, he, uh, he was not on the podium. I, I, you know, I really wanted him to be on the podium so we can talk a bit about it, uh, but uh, he was not, so I uh, didn't have, uh, you know, the chance to, to talk with him. I don't know if he would, but uh, myself, uh, when we have a situation with other drivers, I'm uh, the type of guy that, you know, talks about it and... Uh, you know, after that, uh, like just with Jason, after we that uh, two years ago, we said, "Hey, we can be, become friends again." You know, so, so you know, I like to talk about it, and I know he's uh, he's uh, mad or or you know, he doesn't like it what, the way it happened. I know it because I've been there before, and uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's something that I expect. Uh, if he does it, you know, the same way, that'll be okay for me. If it's in the same circumstances no i like a you know i've lost races like this and uh, i like there's a adam ross you know the commentator of uh of our races uh you know once said uh he at, at riverside i got uh, knocked out oh were you there yeah we got you okay sorry about this so yeah so at one point one race i, I got the same situation uh, he said uh, 30 minutes after the race that uh, we see him with a big smile on his face saying that's nice for racing i'm you know, talking about me and 
and that's really what I do. So, you know, that's racing and that's why we love it. And that's why we came to NASCAR and, you know, you know, you got to be happy when you're, when you're winning, but you, you got to accept when you're losing that way. You mentioned it a moment ago, uh, the race started in wet conditions. In fact, qualifying was rained out because of, of weather. Um, how much, how quickly did the track change and how tricky was it keeping up with the track, especially late in the race when most everybody went to, went to dries? Well, it, uh, I really thought it, uh, it took a long time to dry. Um, maybe because it was cold, uh, you know, clouds were still, uh, still over the track, but uh, it took a long time to dry, even though it was not raining anymore. Uh, and uh, we put stickers on uh, maybe uh, 20 laps before the end, and it was uh, still too early, I think, but uh, we lost, lost a bunch of speed there, but uh, still we had a big lead, so it was okay. Uh, but it was it, it it stayed very slippery until the end. You know when we when the yellow flag came out at the end, and we uh, we went for uh, you know a two lap shootout. Uh, the track really changed, and that's where I think it dried the most. And uh, going into corner one, two, three, the first few corners, it was like uh, you know a big question mark. Uh, don't know how to to deal with that because we didn't know what to expect from the track. But uh, yeah, it took a long time to to dry out. We know just in any form of motorsport, racing's driven by sponsorships, partnerships, funding, things like that. How big was this win for you? Because not only was it your sixth at Canadian Time Motorsports Park, but you followed it up by announcing a new partnership too as well with, with your race team. So how special is it to get the win for them, you know, right there at the racetrack? Uh, it's nice. It's really cool, honestly. It's uh especially it's a you know we're canadian and uh it's a u.s company a wheel company esr performance wheel so it's a company based in los angeles and uh we uh kind of have a deal with them for canada and uh you know getting them to know about our series and you know having to to uh live a crazy finish like this with a crazy racing and uh just that's our you know, our series always do. And uh, having the win at the end, that's uh, that's awesome for us. How would you rate the season so far? Obviously, you know, the win is great this past weekend, a top five at, at Sunset. You got to be happy with uh, your team start. Yeah, uh, Sunset, we're never really good there. So I was, uh, I was happy with the top five. And then we came here to uh, CTMP. Uh, we broke, actually, we broke the transmission after two laps in practice. There was no qualifying, so I was. Uh, it, it looks like uh, with the pass, either we have a really good season or a really bad. So I was, uh, you know, I was concerned about it. It's like, uh, do I have uh, oh, oh, again the bad luck, by, you know, on my back? But uh, you know, take the monkey out of it. But uh, yeah, no. So I was happy to finally get uh, to get, you know, to end the race at first. Uh, so I was. Uh, you know, I was happy about it, and plus we got the win, so uh, it's a good field. You know, it was a tough start, I believe, and it's a good way to end. And you leave as the points leader in the NASCAR Pinty Series 2, which is fantastic. This is your eighth season with this series. You've been close so many times as a championship. I think three vice championships on your record. You said this year it's Tyler Bust. Why? I mean, do you feel like you're in a position now that you could capitalize and finally get that elusive championship? Yeah, well, over the years, I started to uh, not really think about it. You know, we since our second season, we we were a contender for a championship, and uh, 
And we always had uh, issues at some point during the season, our bad lucks are, you know, uh, uh, it, things, you know, sometimes uh, things are difficult to accept and uh, when you have expectations. So uh, we just go race by race, uh, one race at a time, uh, try to get the wins. And, uh, you know, at the end, if we, if we're uh, running for a championship, that's fine. If we're not, you know, it's just uh, we're having fun, and uh, that's that's what's important because you know there's so many good drivers in the series, and we we saw it also at CTMP. A Ranger had a problem, uh, LP Dumoulin had a problem, and uh, you know uh, a lot of good drivers. You know, we get bad luck sometimes, and you cannot only rely on your on your speed or performance to to win a championship. You need the luck on your side too, and uh, that's why we go one one race at a time. For the first time in three years, this series goes back to Autodrome Chaudier in a, just a couple of weeks' time. The next race on the calendar, June 11th. You finished second there the last time out three years ago. Seems like forever ago. It was a much different world back then. Are uh, you excited to get back to that tight quarter-mile oval here in a couple of weeks? Actually not. <laughs> it's another difficult track for me. Last time I finished second, it was just... Uh... I believe it was just a little bit of luck uh, because uh, we got on the right lane. You know, on short tracks, sometimes if you're not on the, the right lane, you can keep uh, moving backward and sometimes you can keep moving forward, you know. So uh, we got at the right lane at the right, right moment. We kept moving forward. And then the, the, the race was uh, canceled because of, because of rain. So uh, that was not uh, particularly fast there. So <laughs> it was just maybe a lucky, lucky race. Uh, so hopefully it changes. Hopefully we can really get a, a deserved, you know, a top three finish. You come in obviously with a lot of momentum this season, but I want to go back to how you even got into a stock car. I mean, you're an open wheel guy. You came from karting, Star Mazda. What led you to NASCAR and 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 your development now as a stock car driver versus kind of the path you started on, which was going to lead to more open wheel stuff? Oh well, yeah, we. Uh... It's, I really wanted to, to uh, become an open wheel driver when I was younger, uh, Indy car driver, actually, uh, that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then we, uh, you know, in 2008, you know, the economy uh, was bad. I lost, uh, you know, all of my sponsorships and also my team uh, lost their sponsorship too. And it was, uh, you know, it's, it was a struggle for, for a few years to, to get in race cars, uh, find, uh, find budget, find sponsorship. So kind of stopped racing there. And I uh, got, uh, I concentrated myself on the family business that we have here in Canada and uh, grow it and, uh, you know, make it uh, successful. And then in 2015, uh, we, uh, we thought it was a good idea to, to come back uh, racing. But now, uh, you know, having a kid, a family, a work, a job, uh, want to stay really close to, to, to my home. So travel inside Canada. And uh, I didn't want to, to go another series like touring series where, where uh, you know, with my uh, driving level, I would win every race uh, easily. So NASCAR Canada, we get Andrew Ranger, Alex Tagliani, DJ Cannington. You know, we got very good drivers on world course. We got very good oval drivers and we, we have a, mix, a big mix of good drivers. So uh, that's why we, uh, you know, I came to NASCAR Canada and have... Uh, no, I'm here to have fun, and I'm here to have uh, art racing. And guys like L.P. Dumoulin, who just a couple of weeks ago at Bristol Motor Speedway broke the news to us on the Motor Racing Network on air that you guys will be broadcast live on Flow Racing this season here in the States. Is that something over the first two weeks? I know it's still early, but have you seen or heard an impact from uh, 
the Flow community being able to watch the NASCAR Pinty's races live now? Well, yeah, uh, actually, my mom and my wife uh, didn't make it to the racetrack, so uh, so they found out about the about this. Uh, honestly, myself, when I'm outside the race car, I'm working hard and uh, don't have really much time to watch racing. But uh, but yeah, we uh, we found out about uh, flow racing in the you know the US, uh, you know the application to watch uh, everything else. Yeah. My final question for you, Kevin, is I know this offseason's been so busy away from the race car. You and your brother, Danny, really running the LaCroix tuning business. I know you mentioned it a couple times how busy you are. Just how much do you have to separate those things when it's a race weekend and you got to focus on racing, but you also have the business side of things, too? Well, it's another thing why we uh, I choose uh, NASCAR is we, we run a lot on uh, Saturdays and uh, Sundays where we I just leave the office on the, on Friday noon. So, uh it's an easy schedule for for me. It's not like open wheel, you know. You, you get to the racetrack on Wednesday, practice all Thursday, Friday, and so it's uh, you know it's a good schedule uh, for us. And uh, it's also one of the reasons why my brother doesn't race so much because uh, he runs uh, Formula Atlantic, and it's uh, a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. So uh, they're good uh, good cars to drive, but. Uh, yeah, so it's you know we need to, uh, we need to focus on the business at some point, and uh, it's kind of like two two business. Uh, you know, the racing is also a business, but uh, um, you know I'm lucky to to be able to do both, and uh, also you know to have a good experience with the family when when family comes to racing. But uh, you know it's uh, it's a good series for that, and I'm I'm also lucky to to be able to uh, to find the partners, so to to make to make both. Well, we appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're busy, like you just mentioned, running things over there. But uh, best of luck to you the rest of this season. Congratulations on the win. And uh, we look forward to hopefully talking to you a little later on this season as, as maybe a champion here in 2022. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. That's Kevin Lacroix, big winner at CTMP in the NASCAR Pinty Series this past weekend. We'll be right back on the Motor Racing Network here on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Just heard from the big winner of CTMP this past weekend for the NASCAR Pinty Series, Kevin Lacroix. Kyle, always a pleasure to visit with some of our Pinty Series drivers, and what a way to start 2022, the first real full season that this series has had in the last couple years due to COVID. And boy, what a way to really start the season, as I mentioned, with this dramatic finish, and you could tell just how pumped he was to pick up the win this past weekend. Yeah, a couple of great races to open the season. Sunset two weeks ago and at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park this past weekend. A good field of cars. Hopefully that trend continues. But yeah, what a wild, what a wild day. Uh, starting in the wet, ending in the dry, two overtime finishes, and then that uh, wild pass for the win in the final set of corners, which is something that we see no matter when we race there, no matter who races there. I feel like the truck series, uh, what would we run there five times? Yeah. And I think, uh, I think at least three or four of the races came down to a final lap bump and run or dump and run. However you want to call it. Uh, it's just, it, it's just a great racetrack. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, certainly a great start to the season. Again, they've got a little bit of a break though. June 11th 
is going to be their next race. Well, speaking of races, Kyle, and speaking of exciting finishes, we saw the drama that happened with the Arc Menard series uh, last time out at Kansas. Well, they're going to quickly turn back around and uh, visit the home of NASCAR, Charlotte Motor Speedway. It is Coca-Cola 600 weekend here in the Queen City, and well, Arca's back on track at another mile and a half this weekend on Friday night. And Kyle, Arca at Charlotte's always an interesting race. High speed, high commitment, and another facility that these drivers really are going to have to attack. And it's a difficult place, especially if you're a rookie uh, come race time. And I know we talked about it uh, last week. We expect a bigger field than what we have seen from most events this year because it is in Charlotte. A lot of uh, locals come out, and if, if they can get an ARCA car or rent an ARCA car from one of the teams, I know Venturini Motorsports uh, within shouting distance of uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, they'll be on the racetrack. But, yeah, it's a very difficult racetrack, um, unique mile-and-a-half oval, and it uh, should be a great race right here on the Motor Racing Network on uh, Friday night, uh, part of a doubleheader with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. It's going to be a busy weekend out there at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah, MRN will be live at 6 o'clock for all the coverage of the Arkham Nard Series. Again, that's the General Tire 150, 100 laps around Charlotte Motor Speedway in front of a what should be a really great crowd for all three races coming up this weekend as part of Coke 600 weekend. Now, speaking of uh, going back to the short track routes, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour is back in action again. Three races in three weeks, so what a grueling stretch to start the year for this series. They've got the Jennerstown Salutes 150, Saturday, 8 o'clock on Flow. Jennerstown, another racetrack picked up on the Flow Network. Obviously, the series is uh, watched on Flow every weekend, but one of my favorite racetracks that the Modifieds go to, Kyle, should be a really great race, and maybe Doug Kobe can go free, three for three here. Yeah, with Tommy Baldwin Jr. Uh, picking up the race win last week at the Lee USA Speedway, as we talked about earlier in the show. I kind of hope, nothing against Jimmy Blewett, but it would be pretty cool to see uh, Doug run full time now in the series because he is climbing the standings pretty quickly. Uh, you know, Justin Bonsignor, he continued to have his issues at the Lee USA Speedway. So it'll be fun to see how things shake out at Jennerstown. You're right, Doug. You know, if he, if, I'm not sure if he has that ride yet this weekend, but it would be pretty cool to see him in the field and, and possibly go for uh, three in a row. Yeah, you think Tommy's kind of like, Jimmy, take your time. Or maybe, hey, let me get an extra car and we'll have a two-car team because I think that may be an option too with the how hot Doug Kobe is right now. You don't want him to stop, especially if he's climbing up the championship standings like he currently is. So we'll see what happens this weekend. Again, that's 8 o'clock Saturday night on Flow Racing, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, their third race in three weeks. So a grueling stretch for them. Speaking of modifieds, the past modifieds and super late models at Oxford Plains Saturday, that's going to be on Racing America. Oxford Plains, one of picturesque racetracks up there way up in the state of Maine and Kyle that should be another good one I know Pass has had some difficult difficulties with mother nature here lately hopefully they can get uh, this one underway at o Oxford Plains yeah and I, but I know uh, and we record this early in the week and, and I know that the weather forecasters are also predicting rain for this weekend and there are some tracks in northern New England and, and I don't think Oxford is one of them yet but they're they're making alternate plans uh, for their race programs this weekend. Hopefully Mother Nature misses them, but that uh, no doubt will be a good show this weekend. At, like you mentioned, one of the great racetracks of Northern New England. And before we get to all the local racing that's coming up, I do want to give a shout out too for the fans that are on Flow. And if you don't have Flow, why haven't you gotten it yet? But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, USAC, Carb Night Classic is back. And this is a big deal. I know it's not necessarily uh, stock car racing or late model racing, but 
what USAC and in the, in, in the Indianapolis Raceway Park has done with Casey Kohler, bringing back open wheel the night before the 500 uh, with USAC midgets, sprint cars. Uh, it's going to be a great event on flow. And if you haven't watched a sprint car pavement run around IRP, get to flow racing on Saturday night. Should be an incredible show. Uh, again, a tradition unlike any other as we talk about Memorial Day weekend, not only being big for the stock car side of things here in Charlotte, but back in Indianapolis, um, kind of re- the rejuvenation of open wheel pavement racing there at IRP. Some of the legends of the sport in motorsports in general. AJ Foyt have won there, Mario Andretti. So it should be a really good time on flow. So that's my little plug for the open wheel side of things. It is a grassroots style racing, sure, of course. So USAC Carbon Night Classic again, uh, IRP on Friday or Saturday night. And then we've got all the local racing. Kyle Stafford, you got another weekly show coming up. How's the weather looking like up in your neck of the woods? Uh, yeah, it's like 50 50 right now. <laughs> um, hopefully, we get it in. We had a great show last week, a great SK modified race. Stephen Kopsick, uh, picking up his first win of the year. So, um, all five regular divisions will be back this Friday night if Mother Nature allows. As will Berlin, Jennerstown, we mentioned, Riverhead. We have uh, Bowman Gray back in action as well. Tons more on Flow Racing. If you don't have the tile again, go to Flow Racing. Subscribe. It is the best investment a motorsports fan could ever make. And catch all the racing action from the Wheel and Modified Tour to every single local NASCAR Roots race. Uh, as well as, you know, like we mentioned, you normally get Arkham and Art Series events as, as well. Obviously, this weekend will be on the Motor Racing Network as well. So listen to our MRN colleagues and the coverage of the General Tire 150 again Friday night at 6 o'clock. Kyle, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, my friend. It's a special weekend, not only for motorsports, but really gives us an opportunity to honor those men and women who have served our country. And what better way to do it than have some good racing here this weekend? Absolutely. And uh, it's one of my favorite weekends of the year. Obviously, Monaco back on the traditional uh, Sunday on Memorial Day weekend Sunday uh, as that was take, that was kind of shuffled around the calendar last year so that would be a good way to kick things off on Sunday uh, obviously the Indianapolis 500 uh, everyone's going to be keeping an eye on Scott Dixon as he goes for uh, a 500 win and then obviously the Coke 600 to wrap things up plus all the short track action across the country uh, beginning on Thursday night so a lot to do a lot to watch it's going to be fun Certainly will. Fire up those barbecues if you have nice enough weather to do so because it's going to be a great weekend of racing. So have the barbecue, have the TV, the computer, the tablet, all that good stuff going this weekend. Kyle, we appreciate it. Have a good race weekend here up at Stafford. Hopefully Mother Nature cooperates. We'll check back in with you next week. For all of you fans at home watching, appreciate you tuning in once again to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend full of racing. We'll check in with you next week. If you enjoyed this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, be sure to subscribe to Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots, where you can catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, the Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today.